Here we are. No one else. We tie our shoes all by ourselves. Merry Christmas to all the elves. And to everyone, a good night. (laughs) And so, without further ado, without delaying any further the show that has already begun we will begin the the the, okay well thousand below put out a new song and it's great and i like it so listen to this hi file a simple return for free now with i uh i have the commercials play before i i get I, i i have the video come on and uh I don't know what to do with my hands now because this did reset and that happened. I love this band. Oh man, that's so cool. That song's awesome. Uh, it's like more cohesive and marketable than what they put out before, I'd say. But it still stays true to their sound and just sounds absolutely incredible. I'm super stoked on this. Um, it's their new single, so I assume there's an album coming eventually. Uh, incredible. Thousand Below is awesome. Make sure you go check out Thousand Below. This song's called Gone To Me. And super, super awesome. I love it. But yeah, anyway, how are you doing today? I hope you're having a grand old day, a grand old Opry of a day. Um, you know, I'm having an all right day. Playing a gig later, you know. Obviously, social distance. They got a, they, uh, it's a brewery that they gutted and they, they renovated entirely. Um, I used to play this place before they renovated it, uh, Concord Craft Brewing. And it looks so beautiful in there now. And they got this bar right in the middle of the room, and they took over the store next door. And um, in the back corner, there's this whole walled-off section with, like, plastic in front of it. And they set me up back there so I don't have to go any like near any of the customers during quarantine and, uh, you know, during the pandemic and all that stuff. And obviously, I'm not going to play anywhere where I can't be separated from the crowd right now. Um so when I play when I say I'm playing a show, just obviously that's a, that's a given. Uh, next up, Atmosphere put out a new song. Atmosphere is an awesome rapper, and you should check him out. So God's bathroom floor, new song, Atmosphere, awesome. I'm catching ulcers from the childproof lighters And all of these fine tooth fighters That keep the wires in my head tighter I'm tired out by the distances Achieved walking in my sleep Thoughts got shifted since the high Got a tad too deep Bad dad to keep cool I call him back soon as I resume normal And get out of this bathroom And call management to seek some reimbursement For the nerve endings that burnt from the first hits from a head full of pressure As the senses that I clutched Made a date with divinity But she wouldn't let me f- I got touched by a hazy shade of God Help me change Caught a rush on the floor From the life in my veins Head full of Yeah, Atmosphere is awesome This is a cool song um, I like it a lot I like what, what he's going for here I think this is definitely a awesome direction um, You know, I mean, well, I guess it is It's kind of like who, who Atmosphere has been You know, I, I don't know why I said direction I think that's just what I'm used to saying In terms of artists putting out new material And such But, I mean this is great. I mean, it's a great continuation of what Atmosphere does. He's been around forever. You know, if you haven't heard Atmosphere and what Atmosphere does, you need to make sure you go check that out. All the uh, 
kids in my high school and middle school were all about that that underground rap, and he was definitely a, a prominent figure in that in that space. And um, it's really cool to see him continuing. He's got the super jazzy beat under him. Um, real catchy song. I like it a lot. Next up, Ice Cube put out new music. It's just it's it, every bit as savage as you would expect it to be. From Ice Cube, I mean, he's the most savage person on planet Earth, I think. Maybe, maybe Randy Savage took that mantle before before he died, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's Ice Cube. <laughs> anyway, this next song is called "Trying to Maintain," and it's just. Why you in the fast lane? Only act like this because of black pain. Get canceled, coach up. You can't cancel a soldier. Great. See, I thought I told ya, drunk or sober till you and it's over. Slap the shit out of troller. I kill shit like Ebola. I'm the sun, I'm the solar. Your baby mine is in the stroller. Too much game for the pea brain. I have no alliance to no Greek names. Some of y'all down with the fucking royals. I'm only down for the fucking soil. That's right. And I'm just trying to maintain. Yeah, so obviously Ice Cube's out here just not caring about what anybody thinks, which is great, and which is why we love Ice Cube, and have always loved Ice Cube forever. We, we love Ice Cube, you know, just from, from forever, from ever ago to now, from ever ago. It's just so weird, because he, he puts out music like he's a young guy. He's just like, I don't care, I'll do what I want, and he, he's just doing it like, like he's, he's, anybody, he's anybody else. And it's just, you're a legend, dude. You've been here forever. Like, you should get all the recognition whenever you're doing anything. And dude's like, I don't care. Here it is. <laughs> I love it. I love the attitude. I love the, uh, just how he's still, you know, he's still Ice Cube. He's still very unapologetically himself. He's not letting uh, the culture shift him from who he's always been, which, of course, in today's society is probably going to be less accepted because like just people are so quick to judge over one thing that someone says and Ice Cube is very much like no I'm not filtering myself. And um he's obviously just very smart. He's not he's not just, you know, some mindless gangbanger and nor has he ever been. He's uh you know, he's very much um a prominent figure in hip hop culture and just for him to just drop a new track like that with that modern kind of trap beat and him just like you know talking on modern issues that most people are tiptoeing around real scared and stuff and he's just like I'm Ice Cube I don't care I love it I have so much respect for that um and I just <laughs> I'm stoked on the song I mean it's it's savage like you'll get into it and you're just like oh oh man he just doesn't care and it's uh the beats Beats good stuff, you know. It's really that kind of beat. The trap stuff is really not usually my cup of tea, but he's really bringing his style over it in a unique way that I find to be very interesting. So that song's really cool. Ice Cube trying to maintain. This next song is called "Heart and Soul" by David Gray, one of my favorites. He also put out a new song called "Skellig" that I reviewed viewed last week. Uh, this new music he's doing is just absolutely amazing. It's um, it's crazy because he's you know. How long has this guy been doing it? When did he put out Babylon? I think I was like 11 years old. <laughs> and he had been still already doing it for decades at that point. So, like, please keep going forever, dude. You're awesome. You're amazing. David Gray, Heart and Soul. A voice in the air. A face in the doorway. In wordless prayer. When I'm hiding so poor Hiding so Wonder shining in my eyes Like I'm three years old Not dead, only sleeping Adrift on the sea The start of the river Hard and so 
I love this band. That uh, is so beautiful. The production is unbelievable. His voice sounds amazing. The writing's incredible. The the just the strings, the guitar, the space on and the production space on the guitar just sounds so unbelievable. Um, I really I really enjoy this song in the way that it is produced and put together, and the video is beautiful as well. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Next up, I discovered another new Every Time I Die song that I had not heard. Oh, it just came out on February 1st. Okay. All right. I thought this was off the... Uh... Okay. This is brand new, and it's awesome. Oh, it's so good. Dude, Every Time I Die, just can't let you down. It's so good. Okay. You ready for this? This is... It's going to blow your mind. Oh my god, it's so awesome. They're so awesome. What where does it come from? Like what is what the heck was that magical that magical noise? Oh my goodness, that was just so filthy. So filthy. Oh my they just they hit all the right they say all the right stuff. Keith Buckley says all the right stuff. I don't know, like where do these words come from that he's just like perfectly encapsulating things, but it's like not in a predictable way or recycled way. It's so different. And then the riffs, it they also encapsulate that same thing of just being super unique while also being somehow familiar where they're like really it's just it's like cuz it's got that southern, you know, those those southern riffs, but it takes them and it like it makes them, you know, more panic cordy as opposed to like, you know, sticking in like, you know, like, like down would do like down and down and down, like, you know, uh, but you know, um, I don't know. They're just so incredible. And the way they implement their influences is amazing. And they're really fun to watch live. They're just crazy. They're off the chain. I just, they've been putting out music forever and they're just getting better. They're not getting recycled. They're just getting more inspired. And, um, yeah, go check out every time I die in a W O L a wall. So good. Such a good song. Next up is another track from the Foo Fighters. They dropped another single, Making a Fire. It's awesome. I like it. So, check it out. Such a cool visualizer with this. Foo Fighters are just shaping up to put out an amazing album. What a what a cool production. What a bunch of whole awesome things happening on that track between the na 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 na, na with the harmony under it under those. There's, a, there's just so many things going on. These riffs are just insane that he's cranking out. Um, 
they like remind me of like a more upbeat Black Keys with what they're doing, but like I mean with with better written songs. Like I mean, Black Keys are cool. I always thought they were a little overrated because like there are only a few songs by them that I could listen to without being like, eh, this took a weird turn that I'm not really interested in. But um, Foo Fighters, I think, is really taking that sound and just making it. Uh, well, not that sound. I mean, it's their sound. It's still the Foo Fighters, but they're incorporating um, modern influences that are both, you know, modern as in right now and modern as in 10 years ago, like at the same time. And then while also having their Foo Fighters sound happening. And it's just what a plethora of influences. And it's uh, really enjoyable to listen to. So I'm really liking these songs. Uh, I reviewed Shame Shame as well and Waiting on a War on previous episodes. And uh, those songs are also incredible. This is definitely shaping up to be an incredible album. Um, Go Dave Grohl. Go Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah. Next up, we got... Wallows featuring Remy Wolf and Solo Monophonic. And this song is called OK. And it's great. It's a really good song. I love Wallows. Super interesting. Um, They're like openly influenced by the Beatles, which a lot of bands don't like to say they are. Because, I mean, you know, most, if you think about it, a lot of music is influenced by the Beatles just in general um, when it comes to pop music, rock music, you know, all that stuff. So, um, but. In general, um, this band is like, they do write kind of in, in that funky way, in that kind of like I am the walrus, strawberry fields forever kind of way, but with more of like a modern young person feel on it. Uh, the singer is actually, I believe, the main male lead actor in 13 Reasons Why, which I have not delved into myself Um I don't know. That just seems like one of those things that it's either going to be, I'm either not going to like it or it's going to make me sad. And it's like, I, both of those experiences don't sound pleasurable. So that's, uh, I look for pleasure in my entertainment, you know, like not weird pleasure, like just, you know, like happiness and joy. Okay. You, you sick mind in the gutter person. Jeez. Anyway, Wallows, okay, with Remy Wolf and Solo Monophonic. Here we go. In your facial expression Don't tell me nothing's on your mind If I honest it, well, I'll be fine I'm someone who likes to talk things through yeah. thing is getting it out of you I should sit back and give you a break That you close your perfect eyes Cause there's no need to explain I know what you wanna say We can just say goodnight If you think that's alright There's no need to explain I know that we can relate Can we get up and try to feel okay again? There's no need to explain Awesome. I'm actually pretty sure it's the cover now that I think about it. I'm not sure who was originally by. It doesn't say. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe they're just utilizing that. There's no need to explain. I don't know what you want to say. You could just do it. Like, that's definitely from. I've heard that from something else. Is that like a memory from an alternate universe of that being by someone else? Like, or is this a cover? It just it doesn't say it's a cover. Oh, this is going to bother me. I, I usually don't like to look things up during the podcast, you know, because I don't have an assistant. I don't have a Jamie, but, you know, uh, one day, one day I will I will steal Jamie. I'm just kidding. No, I won't. How, how could I? How could I ever? Nobody, nobody could steal Jamie from Joe. Jamie and Joe are like spaghetti and meatball, like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> no. Nothing goes together like lamb and tuna fish, Rob Schneider. It makes no sense, okay? If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch Big Daddy. You're not going to... If if you're not a 90s kid, 
a lot of my references are probably going to soar over your head, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, the Lumineers did a Johnny Cash cover. Pretty pictures in my mind, and it is just absolutely beautiful. Um, I love this collection of Johnny Cash covers that have been coming out. I reviewed another one on a, a previous episode a few weeks ago. I'm drawing a blank on um, what that was, but I will reference it in the description. And uh, regardless, the Lumineers, pretty pictures in my mind, super awesome Johnny Cash cover. Check this out. There are pages, precious pages, pretty pictures in my mind. There are things that I remember Locked away for other times I will bring out on a down day Pretty pictures in my mind Yeah, this song's gorgeous. I really, uh, I just love the, um, tone of the, the acoustic the way that it's mixed is just really raw but sounds so the acute the eq is so beautiful and then the um that guy's voice from the lumineers i can't remember his name but um that singer is just unbelievable um i think that this song showcases what he can do a lot better than a song like i don't know like ophelia for some reason i feel like his vocals kind of took a back seat to like just the song being a super interesting structured song, which isn't his fault. Um, he, he the vocals are great on Ophelia, but I just feel like they take a backseat to the um, how interesting the structure of that song is, and uh, the melodies kind of just follow along with the instrumentals themselves as opposed to taking their own frequency. But um, regardless. This song, I think, it really gives you an opportunity to see what he can do when he is able to explore some more space than he does on um, the Lumineers material I've heard so far. So yeah, this song's awesome. Pretty Pictures in My Mind, Johnny Cash covered by the Lumineers. Next up, uh, we got F-U-C-K by Victoria Monet. Friend You Can Keep. Yes, yes, it's not, it's not dirty, per se, I mean, depends on how you listen listen to it, or if you get through the entire song. Because at some point, it does get slightly dirty. But you know, it's like the last few seconds. You never know. I'm just I'm not gonna give that away. Regardless, the song is awesome. Um, like she, these jams are just chill. It's just like atmospheric, nice, chill, like R and B music, and I love it. So, uh, Victoria Monet, friend, you can keep. <laughs> Is your favorite color blue? Cause you something like my crib tonight I think I want you to maybe meet me at my crib tonight Might not be the one, but I'm definitely the prototype Let's get down and get it on the floor, floor Wanna be a friend you gorgeous the production's gorgeous i can't believe it i guess she had a baby recently or is potentially in the next few days or something congratulations <laughs> not that she's ever gonna hear this but regardless uh this song is awesome it's just beautiful uh the production on it is amazing um i love the the air the way that her her voice sounds really airy and breathy uh the production or whatever they're doing to because um, like it is her voice naturally, but the way that they're making those elements of her voice stick out and be 
emphasized in the mix is just amazing. Um, I don't know if she maybe does it herself. It's possible. It's entirely possible. I know Ariana Grande does a lot of her own vocals, and uh, I know they're friends, so I wouldn't be surprised if um, she does a similar thing. But yeah, regardless, amazing new release. Uh, Friend You Can Keep, F-U-C-K, Victoria Monet. Very good song. Awesome. So that's what we got for new stuff this week. Uh, Next up, historical shout-out. Historical shout-out. One of my uh, first vocal influences, period. Um, The Eagles just had amazing harmonies. Um, They really... They were able to... There weren't, like, a lot of... There weren't a lot of country-sounding acts that were competing with Led Zeppelin in the 70s or, you know, like doing that arena tour level uh, the way there are today. And Eagles, you know, had that that country-western sound while also still appealing to... Because um, it wasn't country-western. They have rock music. They have country-western songs. The song I'm going to play you is more of like their country-western style, but they got... They're just all over the map. Uh, they have so many different kinds of songs on their catalog. Like, you know, Hotel California sounds nothing like Victim of Love, even though they're both kind of the same sort of feel and type of key song. And then they have all kinds of songs that are just so much different. And they all kind of sang. Uh, They had like five-part harmonies in some of their songs. And just like they would, the way they'd warm up. (laughs) There are stars. Yeah, they would just like literally have, they would just all stand in the, there's these it, in the there's a documentary about them and it shows them standing backstage before a show and they're all just singing harmony, getting warmed up and they're just top notch. They're just probably, uh, in my opinion, probably one of the best bands of all time. Um, they've done so much in general, just with their music um, for a lot of people. So I wanted to share one of my favorite songs by them, R.I.P. Glenn Fry who is uh, the main vocalist in this song. Uh, Don Henley is the other singer who sings on, like, Hotel California, uh, like the other main guy. I mean, but then you have Joe Walsh, who plays, you know, lead guitar, and he also sings. And uh, I can never remember the bass player's name, but he also sings. He's the guy who did, uh, what was that song? Oh, I can't remember. No. Oh, I had it in my head. Softer song. can't remember. Anyway. Peaceful, easy feeling by the Eagles. One of my favorites. This feeling I may know as a lover and a friend. But this voice keeps whispering in my other ear. Tells me I may never see you again. Cause I get a peaceful. Oh, that song is so good. Those harmonies, like what? And I know you won't let me down. Like, oh my goodness. And it's just, this was before, you know, auto-tune, and this was before production could really be used to make people sound that way without them really sounding that way in real life. And uh, yeah, these guys were just the real thing all the way through and through. Um, they were good people, as far as I know. Like, no, you know, no racist scandals or anything, or underage people. And of course, back then, that was just extremely common. So, I mean, you could call people a victim of the times, but then you have bands like this who never had those kinds of scandals and had plenty, and I mean, more than enough exposure to be able to do the same kinds of things. So, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. It's also hard to like, you know, 
hate Aerosmith after 20 years of not knowing that they were really, you know, not, not sketchy, but I mean, Steven Tyler, I think, you know, he did what Elvis did and was, you know, with, uh, wanted to be with an underage girl that, you know, was, yeah, no, it wasn't his cousin though. You're thinking, I'm thinking of, uh, great balls of fire. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, uh, draw a blank on the name. Oh, brain. Oh no. Yeah. Didn't sleep a lot last night. Uh, did another one of those socially distanced gigs in uh, Laconia, New Hampshire. It was, you know, it was very chill. Very chill at uh, Tower Hill Tavern. Very nice. Food's amazing there, if you ever get the chance. Uh, they are open right now, and they do have a lot of space. And uh, everybody was being respectful, following the rules and all that. So shout out to those guys and uh, NH Music Collective for NH being New Hampshire. So New Hampshire Music Collective for throwing me on that gig as well. And uh, Conquer Craft Brewing tonight. Anyway, here we go. So, news. We got some news. Get the news. The news. It's nothing crazy. Uh, well, depends on what your definition of crazy is. So, first up, autopsy reveals Elvis had been constipated for four months prior to death. That is just awful. I mean, I guess he had like kind of like you know a, a bathroom related death. Quote quote. <laughs> quote quote I don't know that's I don't know what you'd call that but anyway it's uh that's very um that's just awful to think that somebody would have to go through that and then vanquish oh well I mean he was no perfect person either <laughs> by any means you know his wife was I believe 14 when they got married but uh yeah he got permission from her parents. Somehow that doesn't make me feel much better about it. But hey, his voice was amazing. <laughs> when it meets my ears, I like it. <coughs> Regardless, this is crazy. That's just, um, yeah. So article in the link if you want to hear more about that. I don't want to dig too deep. Anyway, uh, next up, very sad. Uh, well, not very sad. I mean, he's, he's going to be all right. He's a healthy guy. But Maynard James Keenan of Tool in a Perfect Circle my literally my favorite singer of all time is recovering from his second bout with COVID. I know he said that the first one left him feeling uh, different breathing and you know, all of that and left him kind of with less stamina and granted that he's in two of my favorite bands ever. Um, you know, I mean, well, not that that matters any more than the human being. I mean, him being okay is far more important than the bands continuing. But regardless, I'm sure that the bands mean far more to him than they do to me. And uh, I, I'm praying that he's going to, you know, not only get through this, but also recover so that he's able to sing the way that he always has because he just has, in my opinion, probably the most beautiful male voice <laughs> I've ever heard. I don't think I've ever heard a man's voice sound more beautiful than that. Um, the only people that come close to me are like LeJohn Witherspoon. I uh, just, when it comes to these pop stars who do this crazy falsetto and you're like, you got like Justin Timberlake. It's like, I have a ton of respect for him, but it's like, he's and the people like that. They're more technical. They're, it's all technical to me. It's like those guys are, if you if you think about it in terms of like heavy music, those guys to me are progressive gent people. They're 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 the people that are doing all these crazy technical things that are really insane and super impressive, like technologically. But like they kind of sacrifice emotion in the music and in what they're bringing to the table. For me, at least, it doesn't really hit in the same way at all. Cause it seems like they're more reliant on the technicality and like they're hitting really crazy notes and runs than them actually connecting and making a really powerful moving statement. And to me, Maynard and LeJohn and uh, Witherspoon and Ben Burnley of breaking Benjamin, those guys are all more than capable of doing all of that same stuff, but they, they utilize um, those technical aspects of their voice much more sparingly and much more intelligently, in my opinion. And um, it makes for just a much more 
cohesive product that I'm able to far more closely relate to than, you know, say, Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake, which is a great song. I love that song, and I do relate to it, but, like, it will... It will never hit me like Judith by a perfect a perfect circle. Ever, it will never hit me like uh, you know, weak and powerless by a perfect circle. It'll never hit me like forty six and two by Tool. It'll never hit me like um, <sighs> Seven Dust has so many songs I, I love that I. It'll never hit me like Dying to Live by Seven Dust. You know, uh, those you know the pop music. It's it's there to like make you dance and bob your head, but it's like when. Bands like Seven Dust and A Perfect Circle and Breaking Benjamin, at least for me, are there to like really help me be introspective with myself and figure out patterns in my life that I don't like continuing. And pop music does none of that for me. And that's what I look for when I go to um, listen to music or relate to something. In general, I guess I found that more in heavy music than in mainstream. But yeah, praying for Maynard for sure. Oh my God. Please, please, all, all your positive thoughts that he goes to a full recovery and uh, can do is do what he does best. Next up, um, Eurovision. I'm not really familiar with the song contest show, but they rule out a full-scale show. Apparently, they're going to uh, still do like a socially distanced show, but it's not going to be like the full-scale thing they usually do. No surprise there, but it's just a music industry thing I figured I'd bring up. Uh, Toronto Woman creates anonymous audio service to help the socially isolated. So that's cool. Uh, the links in the comments are in the description if you are curious or you do need any help. Um, but yeah, there's been a, it's an anonymous audio service to help the socially isolated. Apparently it's for like helping you relax and uh, maybe giving you someone to talk to. Sounds really great. If you need resources like that, look into this and I'm sure there's plenty of others as well. Um, it's really great. Also this next, this next article, an album of sounds that make people happy and why the creator is giving it away. Um, if that makes, if that's interesting to you, if you would like to hear that album and, uh, obtain it, the link is in the, in the comments, in the description. Oh, wow. My brain is farting today. It's gross. I smell it. Uh, next up, Trent Reznor denounces Marilyn Manson. So I think we all know that the allegations aren't nonsense at this point. Like, okay. His ex-wife that he's with longest says that he wasn't abusive. What if she's just as crazy as he is? She's probably closer to his age. I guarantee you she's closer to his age than Evan Rachel Wood, who was 19, and he was, what, 36 when they started dating? Whatever you call it. So, I mean, it's not surprising at all that Evan Rachel Wood would have been afraid to come forward for so many years about specifically who it was, given how young she was and how long it went on for. So, I don't know. I'm, am I going to, like, you know, say that I hate his music now? No. I like, I, I've always loved Marilyn Manson's music, but have I ever known that he's a good person or said that he's a good person or thought for sure that he was a great role model person? No, not at all. So I'm going to go on continuing to, well, now know for a fact that he's not a very good person. And um, I'm not going to buy his stuff. I'm not going to go to his shows. I'm not going to support him in any way. I'm not going to cover his songs or share anything he does. But am I going to, you know, unsave his songs from my Spotify? No, that's, that I think is a little extreme. And I think that expecting people to do that is extreme. Um, because he's, you know, he still did good music things. And we can separate those songs from the person as long as you're not trying to defend the horrible things they did. So, but yeah, I think at this point, we know point blank the kind of person that Marilyn Manson is. So uh, at this point, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any more confusion as to whether or not those allegations were valid. But also West Borland calls Manson a really bad guy. He was only in the band for nine months, but I mean, that's plenty of time to get to know somebody, especially because they were living together, I think. Um, at least they were definitely living together on the road. I think even off the road, they were staying together for a little bit. And he uh, was around when Evan Rachel Wood was with him. And West Borland has no reputation of just talking or saying anything that's not accurate uh, for the sake of saying it. So I think that that definitely helps. And then, yeah, next up I have the, the also the 
article about his ex addressing the allegations and saying that there was no abuse, but I mean, to her, maybe she's crazy too and enjoys the things that are abusive that anybody else would see as abusive. You really don't know. Um, and then I found an article of uh, cops swarm Manson's LA home over reports of someone screaming, they want to leave. Um, that's horrifying, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, that kid, that's one thing that I put there, not so you could take it at face value, but more so you could see all the information being presented and make your own decision that like, I personally think that Evan Rachel Woods accusations are accurate and that he, uh, and that, you know, I personally think that that, that seems tangible based on everybody that's coming out and saying that it's, it's real, but this seems almost like a publicity stunt. Like maybe somebody was there talking to him and wanted him to do something and he didn't want to do it. And they were like, oh, well, I'll scream for the police. And he's like, do it. And then they did it. You really never know. Um, That could be anything. It also could be that he was holding somebody hostage. You never know. It's horrifying. Um, But you have the information, so it's for you to make a decision. I, I have, in my head, my opinion... He's definitely a bad person. (laughs) Don't go around trying to defend anything he's done. Moving on. Kanye moves 500 pairs of sneakers out of Kim Kardashian's house. And it still is only 1% of his collection. No, I'm just kidding. Imagine. But yeah, uh, so the media seems to think they're breaking up. Good for them for not addressing it or saying anything. (coughs) Let them think whatever. Maybe he's donating them. Who knows? Who cares? I don't care. I just thought this was funny that they even reported on it. Uh, Taylor Swift sued by Utah Theme Park Evermore over trademark. Apparently, she likes to try and sue people over stuff a lot, so this is funny. Uh, Check out the article. It's pretty hilarious. It's a Pitchfork article. Pitchfork's great. So, Uh, Turntable FM is returning. I was never familiar with that, but they got a Kickstarter campaign in the website that I have in the description. Um... Looks pretty cool. Looks like you can like develop beats or something um, online with friends, and it looks really cool. So turntable.org. Make sure you check that out. Next up, we got a TikTok singer, Amy Hawkins, who's 110 years old, becomes a viral sensation singing a World War I song. That's hilarious. That's just heartwarming and hilarious. Good for you, Amy Hawkins. You are more famous than everybody who wants to be famous, and you probably don't even know it. It's great. It's good stuff. I'm jealous. Give me your followers. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm good. All right. So moving on. Todd Rundgren to launch a geofenced virtual tour entirely from Chicago. So what a geofenced tour is, is he's going to play a set in Chicago each night and air it in a different city um, for people to purchase attendance. And if, you know, if the production's good, which of course I'm sure, I mean, they're using one venue, which is, that definitely allows them more potential than if they had to break it down and set it up every night to do really cool things. Um, I'm not familiar with Todd Rundgren, but I think this is a really cool idea. Um, Even in general, especially when you think about artists like Ozzy Osbourne, who like, you know, he's a beast and he has a tour, I believe, booked for 2022, but he's a human being. So eventually maybe that would be a potential way for him to continue his craft when, uh, you know, he's no longer able to travel, but you never, you never know. I hope that man's all right. I hope he tours forever. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be voting for that. <laughs> but yeah. Next up, there's a, a free music streaming royalty calculator that was recently developed. Um, so you can hop on there, enter your information. And uh, then you can see if you're owed any royalties. So all my musician friends, make sure you go check that out. I got the link in the comments. Uh, Free music streaming royalty calculator. Oh, yeah. My throat is so dry. (laughs) Last and probably least, this is a weird story. and I'm not crazy about it. (laughs) I just don't get it. It seems so wasteful. Lil Uzi Vert pays $24 million to have a diamond attached to his head. It's, it's just, it's like right here. It's like right there. Just a, a diamond. $24 million. Attached to his, is like implanted in his head. Like, like his vision. 
<laughs> like, was that what he's going for? Like, he says it's inspired. Who you say? Inspired by Lil B. I don't know. Lil B is. Oh man, his diamonds even more horrifying. Jeez. Yeah, if you see this article, <laughs> like Lil Uzi Vert's is like a little dot, and then this like Lil B's is like this, and it's like a. Oh, it's so horrifying. Why would you ever do that? Please, I urge you, don't get diamonds implanted in your forehead. Please. For for the sake of my faith in humanity, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Okay. All right, so last up, industry commentary. Today I'm going to talk about the difference between a professional musician and an amateur music- musician. Because there seems to be a lot of uh, gray area here that people aren't really sure how to differentiate. And to be honest with you, these are very important. And I see sometimes people who call themselves professionals and even do make money off of this as for a job and pay their bills off it, not doing these things. And it's just like mind boggling to me. Um, difference between a professional and amateur showing up on time. Things happen, you know, things do happen. Um, I've had things happen where there was like an accident or there was a storm or I had a flat tire the first thing I do is call the venue and let them know what's going on and how long it might take to deal with, and I keep them fully informed. But that has happened maybe twice in my entire career of playing hundreds of shows. So uh, maybe more. <laughs> no, not more than two. I'm saying maybe more than hundreds of shows. But yeah, so it's... it's uh, things do very rarely happen, and the people who book shows know that. So it's like when you bail or you don't show up or you have something like this happen and then you show up super late and then you don't tell them about it until you get there, there's just no excuse for that. And everyone knows that. So you're labeled unprofessional and you'll very likely not be booked much more. The reason that I'm able to get shows frequently pretty much wherever I want on the East Coast right now is because we have a very good reputation for never bailing. We did it for one promoter for years. We never bailed and we never like... We're unprofessional, and then we did it for another promoter, and then we did it for another promoter, and then word gets around that this band is professional, and they're not going to screw you. So the fact is, um, showing up on time, never bailing, like it's just so important. When you, when you become a musician, this is not a job with sick time. It's not. Like Things happen, for sure. Emergencies happen, but it's like if you're a person that has frequent emergencies that makes you have to be sidetracked and completely... Uh, lose lose your where you were going with what you were doing and you have to uproot or anything like that i mean like the, if you're planning if you're having anything that's an, an outside force that's causing you to change your schedule or do things that isn't the music itself you're never you're never going to get to that point cuz like the commitment when you say that you're going to show up and entertain sure to those people if you bail okay one musician bailed but anytime you ever come up again, they're going to remember you did that. And they're going to tell all of their club owner friends about it. If you ever come up again, <laughs> that kills a career so fast. Bailing, showing up late, being unprofessional, having a bad attitude when you get there, all, all unprofessional stuff. If you think that's what professionals do, it's because you have bad role models. <laughs> there are bands who do that, sure, and show up and do that. They have terrible reputations. And every venue, if they are asked, will tell people that they're not good. And what happens with these bands is they're relevant for a time, and they bring a lot of people. And at that time, they can pretty much do whatever they want. They think it's going to last forever. It doesn't. It doesn't. And when ultimately they crash because their market is dying, because they're fizzling out, because they're uninspired and just not great people who got lucky on a whim... um, they can't, it's, it's hard for them to then go and start other bands and have them do well because they have these terrible reputations they're carrying around with them. So it's like you have to be professional, show up on time, be nice. Things happen. You just got to communicate. Um, the, you need to bring extra stuff. If there's anything, like cables, bring extra cables. Have a backup microphone. Have backup guitar strings, Always. I play solo acoustic for a living. I have three 
extra XLRs, three extra quarter inches. I have extra speakers. I have extra speak on cables. I have, I have, uh, about three pairs of three sets of strings everywhere I go. Always. I have batteries out my butt. (laughs) Um, the only way for you to conduct yourself as a professional is to show up and not like I've been there. I've been unprofessional before I learned took, I learned the hard way I showed up and, you know, had batteries run out and had stuff, you know, go wrong and strings break. And I have to finish the set with one, with five or four strings and, you know, lose picks or, you know, all that stuff. But over time you learn. And that's how people can tell if you're a professional, because you don't just do that stuff right off the bat. You do that because you've learned the lesson the hard way a hundred times. And then that's when people can tell that you're professional. So when you try to tell people that you are a professional, when you're not, we know everyone, they, it's not, it's, you're not hiding anything. Um, constant practice, like a day job. Like, I mean, I, I set aside time every day to practice guitar and sing and even play piano now. And the only way that I can improve at any of those is to do them frequently. Like not, not whenever I feel like it, but frequently. Um, Frequently marketing online, also part of the job. Uh, trying to figure out new ways in order to get your stuff out there. And uh, frequently reinventing ways to make product more digestible to bigger audiences. Artists seem so afraid to tear themselves down and build themselves back up now. But that is literally how every artist that ever got anywhere has ever done it. You have to trial and error a hundred times. You can't just settle on one thing and say that this is my thing now and this is what it's going to be. And if it's not this, then it's nothing. And I'm going to take this to the top. No, you got to keep on trying until you find that thing that people really enjoy. And you have to pay attention to your audience. So important. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. You're amazing. I'll be here every Monday. Raising the roof. Hanging out. And now. I don't know. I'll see you later.